We believe intentionality exists. We are two millennial moms who are the first to admit our imperfections. We are linking arms, opening the conversation about our struggles to find balance. What if there is more to simplicity than just minimalism or the number of items in your cabinet? What if the measuring stick goes beyond the surface of materialism? What if simplicity is found deep within intentionality? Narrowing your focus to what really matters. Pursuing the right things, fleeing the dangerous things, to delight in the finest of things. In a generation saturated with instant gratification, screens, and distracted relationships, simplicity beckons. Well, hey there. How's it going? Good. We have some big storms moving through Atlanta. We we don't have storms right now. We have, I think yesterday was the first day that it got over 100 degrees here. <gasps> no way. Yeah. Wow. You are in like summer mode. Mm-hmm. And yeah. And the sad part is, is that it will continue to be basically in the 90s to 100 degrees until like November now. So... My goodness. I thought we had it bad, but you are a whole nother level. Life in the desert. Wow. But everybody's sort of entering like wanting to go swimming and like playing in the water. So yeah, it really feels like summer in April. Which is just adding to the general sense of confusion that (laughs) we're all living in. But what a nice time though that you can get outside and you have good weather. It's not cold and you know, with everyone being quarantined right now, you're kind of going a little crazy and wanting things to do in a different setting. That's great. Yeah. Um, So we actually kind of wanted to get together and talk about the COVID pandemic that we're all living through right now. Um, And I know a lot of people are probably tired of talking about it and hearing about it. So I kind of wanted to put the spin of like working from home and creating balance with that and with school and if you're homeschooling, like kind of coming at it from that perspective so that maybe, you know, for people listening back that aren't living through a pandemic, you know, there might be um, some little nuggets that they can kind of pull from it too. So I was just kind of wondering how your role as a mom has changed and transformed during um, the COVID-19 pandemic. And how are you finding balance um, as you kind of juggle all of the new hats that you're wearing. And yeah, you know, it's interesting because you're so right. We have been talking about it for so long. And I know even you and I have had so many conversations about COVID. And it was like, at first, this just huge uncertainty. And I know even you and I were like scared to even say the name. Like it just felt like this huge weight. And now you're right. It feels like this new normal. Like we have just learned kind of to adjust. And for me, it has felt very similar to the newborn phase. And I know you are closer to the newborn phase than I am currently with a two-year-old. But you know, in the newborn years or newborn years, (laughs) it even feels like (laughs) newborn months. (laughs) It feels like years, you know, like every day just feels like a year long. And it's just like everything has changed. You're constantly surrendering. You have to take on more. Your role's looking different. And it just feels like there's no light at the end of the tunnel. And I really feel like this pandemic has felt so similar to me of, I remember when I first had my son, like just wanting so badly to be able to watch one whole movie without any interruption. And that like 
felt like the only thing that would feel like real world would be if I could just watch a movie and not be interrupted by a crying baby or having to feed them or wanting to sleep. And it kind of feels that way now, you know, of just wanting something that feels normal. But in a way, it has forced us to change and to adapt and kind of take on this multiple roles and juggling multiple hats. So I feel like for me, it's been taking on more and then surrendering more. So taking on more responsibility in different roles, especially for Graham, my two-year-old, because he is an only child and he now hasn't seen or played with kids since the end of February. And so in a way I have to become almost like a playmate. How do I work from home (laughs) and be on calls and meetings? And I mean, work has been really busy for me. In addition to being a mom, taking on school for him, you know, how can I continue to teach him? How can I be his playmate? And, you know, it's just taking on new roles. And so I've had to realize I'm taking it on, but then I'm also surrendering. So our constant work schedules are going to look different every day. Even, I mean, last night at like a quarter till 10, my husband got a text and said, you know what? They're thrown in a craniotomy first thing in the morning and we need you there. And it's just like, okay, now we have to like get in mind shift of how is tomorrow going to look different? How am I going to handle meetings differently now that he's not here? And, you know, we've just had to be really flexible. Yeah. So I feel like I'm just running around the house all day long, just putting on different hats and being all the places for all the people and doing all the things. Um, But on the flip side of that, I also feel like there's like nothing going on. Like it's a really weird kind of balance that doesn't make a lot of sense Um, because literally overnight I became a work from home, stay at home, homeschool mom. Like one day things were one way, the next day they were totally different. Initially dividing my focus was pretty difficult because it would feel like one day I would feel like I had a really good work day and I would get tons done, but we didn't do hardly any school and I didn't really have a lot of like invested time with the kids. And then it would go the other way. Like I'd feel like we had a good school day. Like I feel like they are feeling really loved and cared for. Um, and like they had my attention, but then I'm like, did I get any like work done? That's going to amount to anything. And that's frustrating for me. Cause I like to feel accomplished all the way around. And it's like always, it's a balance issue. You know, we're just trying to figure out how to strike that balance. And there was a point probably about a week ago, maybe more than that now, <laughs> who knows, um, where <laughs> I was, I was feeling discouraged. Like I was feeling that kind of that groundhog day, feeling had kind of set in where it's like, I feel like I'm just waking up and living the same day over and over again, but I'm not making any progress. Like progress is impossible. And I was kind of starting to lack motivation and like, that's not really my personality. So I was like, I don't feel like myself. So anyway, I kind of had a moment where I stopped and I said, okay, we're not doing this. We're going to try something different. So I started my kids on a little more of a routine. Like we actually, you know, took pen to paper and wrote out a routine and with like times and when we were going to go outside and play and when we were going to do schoolwork and when we were going to have a little rest time. And, you know, even the fact that I was doing that got them kind of excited, you know? Um, And I'm not going to say that they transitioned like overnight because the first couple days were pretty rough because they were like basically living summer with very little structure, staying up as late as they wanted just because we were just trying to like 
cope with the situation. And then it's like all of a sudden I have them on this structured routine and they, uh, they kind of had to adjust, let's just say. But one thing I've kind of pulled from this experience is that they are, they're relying on me to kind of regulate the world for them. And if I'm not regulating myself, then they're not going to feel regulated. And like, not just me, but my husband and I, and that, you know, if we're short and snappy with each other, you know, they're a lot more likely to be that way to their sibling. And there's just, there's a very direct cause and effect situation that happens there. Yeah. You know, it's interesting hearing you say that because I really feel like kids thrive off of structure and schedule, but sometimes it's easy just to get so caught up in the mundane day to day. We forget that we even have a structure set in place. And so then now that this pandemic has happened and everything's been kind of ripped apart, we're realizing, oh, you know, we do have to recreate that. And there is freedom for them within that structure. But I know it, it's kind of hard to get back on the path. And I think that that kind of pulls from what you were saying. Like, I think we all need an equal amount of grace, but then also like we can't stop trying, you know, like somewhere right. in the middle, we're going to strike the balance. And I think we are at this point kind of striking probably the best version of that balance that we've had so far which is funny because everything's fixing to change again, you know, as it does. Right. It's interesting you bring that up of how quickly it's changing because right now, um, this week, Georgia opened up everything. And I know it's been in the news and it's kind of been like the hot topic. But I mean, we, everything for us changed this past week of, you know, our state being normal. And so... Well, the new normal. Right. (laughs) And so with that, it's been weird because I feel like everyone is still trying to figure out what this new normal even looks like. You know, some of us are wondering how long will it stay this way? Will we have to close everything down again? Will we be able to fully open it up again? And as I've been like thinking through the new normal, I'm starting to realize all the ways things will have changed and they won't go back or revert to what they used to be. So have you thought through different ways that that might impact you or ways, you know, that that might impact the way we love others well, even when we can't physically be there for them. Because, you know, realistically, the social distancing could easily play into next year and who knows how long. And I know for me, it has felt uncomfortable getting used to that as the new norm. It's a scary thought to think of how long and just the echoes of this whole situation, like how far into the future, things are going to be affected and really changed forever. But one thing, you know, that we've talked about before is that, you know, technology is such, it's such a hard thing to implement well, but then to not let it kind of take over. But I think that this particular situation, technology has been a gift, frankly, because I've actually been more connected to certain people through this experience than I have been or would have been without it. In my work with the church that I work for, I've had the opportunity to reach out and invest in volunteers without really asking anything from them, which we've never really had that opportunity before. I mean, in the past, when usually when you're reaching out, you're genuinely caring, but you're also going to find out if they're going to be available to help out with this or that. And that's always been like an uncomfortable place for me to be in because I've been the person on the other end of that equation before. And you kind of wonder like, I mean, obviously they're really nice, but do they really care about me or do they just want something from me? And it's been a very unique opportunity for me 
as someone in ministry to really shout and care for people, but literally I'm not asking anything from them. And one thing that I found that's really helpful is instead of just asking the generic, like, let me know if I can pray for you. I've been very intentionally asking people how I can pray for them. And people have very, very real needs right now. And if you ask, they're going to give you something. Another thing that I've been impressed about is just... It's like the volume of the normal hurts and struggles that people would be living through anyway. It's like the volume is just turned up by this crisis that we're going through with, you know, social distancing and job loss and stress and isolation and all those things. So I don't know, it's just been interesting to see how we can really reach into people's lives in an interesting way. Well, it's interesting you brought that up with the volunteers, because I have felt the same thing that I have had to be really intentional with seeking out ways to serve other people. But instead of, you know, physically maybe showing up and asking them, it's being intentional with the words I use. I love that you said that about praying, like, what can I pray for you? Not, hey, I'm going to pray for you, but give me a specific request. And I feel like we've seen that even just um, here in our neighborhood of having like very specific requests that have just had to be vocalized. So like you said, you know, these needs are just being, the volumes being turned up. And I just, my heart breaks for some of these families that are in really hard situations stuck in their homes, you know, and they, they literally physically can't get out of some of these situations. And it's such a hard place to be in. But for me, I know we've had the opportunity during this pandemic to just even in a way like social distancing, but physically still helping our neighbors. So we've had a lot of storms come through. And like I said, there's some coming through right now. And I know that's given us a couple issues, but of just, you know, helping neighbors cut down tree limbs or picking up storm debris and just kind of trying to think through how can I serve this person still within these parameters that the government set up for us. And so we've had to get a little creative, but yeah. you know, there's still ways if you really search out for it. Um, another thing I've really enjoyed being intentional with is just building relationship in our neighborhood. It's somehow has turned into every Saturday about the same time all of us get out and mow our lawns at the same time and work on our yards together. And it almost feels like now like a little neighborhood block party. Like it's like, oh, we get to see other people. And it's really neat though, because we have neighbors that, I mean, for the most part, he is a shut-in. He doesn't leave the house anyways, whether it was a pandemic or not, but it gives him the opportunity now to come out in his wheelchair and just he'll wheel up and down the street and get to talk to everyone from a distance and, you know, kind of feel like he's part of people's lives. So it's been neat because so much of it is different in how we serve each other, but then also so much of it is the same. It's just forcing us to kind of get outside of our comfort zones and just vocalize those needs or vocalize how we can help each other with those. Um, yeah. So that's really, it's neat to hear you say that you're going through the same thing. A very large percentage of people are trying to seek out ways to serve and love on other people. But then I kind of feel like the chasm is like widening and you're seeing this other aspect of people that are almost just like becoming very mean or judgmental. And it's just like these really harsh emotions and harsh feelings. And I think as this continues to go on and we know it will, and the further we go down this path, I think all of these emotions are going to become more raw. Maybe that's not the word, but 
kind of more amplified and the volume's going to keep getting turned up on these emotions. So I think as Christians, it's really important as we continue to go forward to be really intentional with how we show respect to one another. And just to remember that that's such an easy way to love on other people, even if we're not physically there with them, you know, whether that's sharing opinions on social media or discussing politics. I know, like I said this week, Georgia, it's just like amplified of politics. That's all people want to talk about right now. And it comes down to, you know, if you're a Christian, we're called to love on people on both sides of the viewpoints, you know, whether you want to stay home or not, we're still called to love on these people. And um, I just think it's going to be really important that we remember and we continue to be intentional with how we respect each other, whether that's just how we even talk to each other within our homes. You know, we've had a lot of conversations with Graham of using those kind words and how can we demonstrate love just by the way that we're talking and showing respect to each other and to those outside of the home. And it's just going to be interesting because the needs are going to continue to change as we go down this path. And Mm -hmm. I think we're, it goes back to that flexibility. We're just going to have to continue to be really flexible with how we interact and love on our neighbors and each other. And I think, you know, going into an election year, I mean, we're in an election year (laughs) with a global pandemic and, you know, all of these things. um, I think it's really important to remember that people's opinions do not affect their value. You know, if someone's on the complete opposite end of the spectrum from from you, they're still as valuable as anyone else. And honestly, their opinion and their right to have it is as valuable. So I think it's a great thing to just for all of us to remember the importance of loving like Christ and being, you know, some semblance of a picture of that. Because like you said, there's just a lot of very strong emotions in people. Um, And I think it's an opportunity for us to really be Christ-like and point people to Him just by our actions and you know how we choose to carry ourselves. Yeah, we're I mean we're called to be image bearers and also to be reminded like you said that everyone is made in his image. And mm-hmm. so just respecting that and still loving on people wherever they're at and whatever place they're at with this. So I like the idea of sort of looking looking at our lives and looking at what things we're adding. Um, and what things we're intentionally choosing to add, and then what things we're intentionally choosing to edit out. So if we can kind of put that into this picture of this quarantine, social distancing, living through a a crisis lens, is there anything that jumps out at you that you want to carry forward? You know, how you had mentioned at the beginning of feeling like you're so busy throughout the day, and then also you have these like weird pockets of time of nothing going on. I have found that since all of this has started, I have been really intentional with trying to read more. Mm. Um, of Even if that means I've had a crazy day, crazy meetings, just constant work, finding time, you know, during Graham's snap of sitting down and reading two pages or one page. Yeah. Like I'm just forcing myself to read something Um, I just finished today actually rereading Magic of Motherhood by Coffee Mm. and Crumbs. And if you haven't read that, I would recommend looking at it. But it's just short little snippets. And it's been so encouraging and refreshing to be able to have just a couple minutes to myself that I feel like I can refocus and also have something fun that I enjoyed doing. The other thing... Um, we've been really intentional with is our family outings. And honestly, it didn't start that way of being intentional of this family time. But with the quarantine, it's kind of forced it to be intentional. So mm-hmm. the first couple of weeks, I mean, it was really hard adjusting to being home all the time when you're used mm-hmm. to just 
being out and about. And so we would try to find ways of letting Graham ride in the car while we went and got gas or just little things. But it's turned into this time now that I think we really cherish as a family of if it's just the simple car ride or we've done a lot of just being outside and trying to hike and get in nature as much as possible. And I think it's really helped us just find that balance. You know, my husband's done a good job of identifying and realizing that for the most part, his routine, his kind of normalcy has stayed the same. You know, since he works at a hospital, he still goes to work and he still sees patients and he stills with his coworkers, whereas my life has just completely halted. And once he realized that kind of dichotomy and difference of how we were handling this situation so differently. He really stepped up to the plate and has done a great job of trying to be intentional with being present when he is home and taking Graham and having fun things for our family to look forward to and just having this family time together to kind of break up the norm and just, I don't know, be able to be together. So that has been really encouraging. And I really hope as this continues on, we can keep having, whether it's every Sunday week, do something outside together or have a project we work on. I've just really enjoyed having that to look forward to each week. Um, What about editing? Is there anything that you're like, maybe that was you were doing before that this situation has sort of pointed out to you or maybe something that this situation has brought on that you're just like, "Mm, we could do without that. (laughs) Well, I mean, of course, the first thing that jumps to mind is TV. And I think a lot of people will say that right now of just... Mm -hmm watching more shows and having movies on and just even the TV in the background, watching the news. I just feel like we have gotten into a pretty bad habit of just constantly having that on. Whereas before this, we didn't. And we kind of were able to regulate that a little bit better. Um, So that's one very tangible thing that I think we would remove. But then on the flip side, I'm finding myself more and more being very... um, comfortable being in my comfort zone. And I know that kind of sounds repetitive, but my comfort zone now just feels so commonplace and kind of customary and normal Mm -hmm. that I think if I'm honest with myself, once all of this is over, it's going to be hard to start stepping out of my comfort zone again. You know, I've gotten so used to being home is comfortable and I can kind of just do my own thing here and not have to worry about seeking other people out or like we were talking about before, finding other ways to continue to love on people. And so I know the first time, it was a couple of weeks ago that I went to the grocery store after being home for so long. It was just absolutely shocking to me how different the air felt. It was like no one smiled anymore and no one talked mm-hmm. and everyone just felt so distant. I feel like you just laid out like an emotion that I've been feeling, but hadn't really, I don't know, processed that well. Um, <laughs> because, you know, we've been going into the office. This was our second week going into the office one day a week. And you know, the night before I just found, I've been finding myself not sleeping well, like worried that the alarm's not going to go off, you know, just feeling that anxiety of like making sure I'm remembering to take all the things that I need to take and that everyone's set up for me to not be there. And I'm just feeling anxiety about it. And it's weird because not that long ago, I mean, this was, that was life, you know, that was, just the way things were. I think it's surprising to me that that's the way that I feel because when I come home after a day of working outside the home, I feel so accomplished and so at peace and just like, oh, I feel like I can rest and like not have that like 
that sense of guilt that I didn't accomplish enough that day. You know, I felt like I had earned the rest. I think what you said was exactly right. I think we're going to have to be very intentional about pushing ourselves back into whatever the new normal looks like and fighting that anxiety. You know, one thing that I've learned being someone that struggles with anxiety is that it's one of those things you kind of have to lean into. Like you have to lean into the discomfort in order to get yourself past it. And it's always rewarding when you get to the other side. So what are you finding that you've added as the new rhythm maybe, or you just something, you know, enjoying? And then what are you hoping to kind of remove and stop? I would say that my saving grace through this whole thing has been to center myself in gratitude. Um, and just when something is hitting me as particularly hard or a struggle, allowing myself to be Pollyanna for the moment, you sort of go to the things you're grateful for first, you know? And I, I want to be respectful because I know that there are probably people listening that have suffered major loss in this situation, whether it be actual human life, someone that they know, um, or whether it be a job or maybe a business that they've completely lost, you know, it's been taken from them. So I want to be respectful because I know that there's a very real pain happening. But on the flip side of that, God has just shown up. God's been, God has shown up in this whole process for us. And I could go on and on with the little details um, of things that God has done just to kind of meet us through this hard time um, and really reveal himself. And so I would like to continue in gratitude, you know, and I would like to continue to value the resources that we have and um, value like really good family time and all these things that we've been given this very interesting opportunity to have. Um, and it is so good to be reminded that, you know, you can't compare sufferings. You know, you're exactly right. right. There are some very serious, hard things going on right now. Um but just trying to find, you know, the things that you can be grateful for. And I think giving yourself the grace to say, hey, I'm going through something hard and my heart looks so different than your heart. Yeah. And that's okay. Like we're both going through hard things and it's not something to compare and it's not something to, you know, diminish or talk down the value of. It's just, I mean, there's a lot of hard things in life, but amidst that, God is always good all the time and that there will be more of that than the hard, hard parts. And that can be so hard to say, even now it's hard for me to say of just being reminded that he is gracious and he is good. What have you been working through that you feel like you need to remove or you're kind of noticing our rhythms you don't want to continue after this? You know, it's funny to look back because there's not a whole lot that this situation has brought on that I would like to leave behind. Um, I just feel like it's brought up a lot of, for our situation, healthy perspective. Um, or maybe it's just that I'm choosing to see it that way. I don't know. Either way, yeah, it's great. I can't really think of anything like off the top of my head that I would edit out. I know that technology, like you said, is just very prevalent. Um, so I think that in a way, maybe just continue to pursue boundaries with that. Um, but I think we're all going to be kind of over it, honestly, you know, I think that'll be a kind of a pretty natural process. I'm ready for a break. Yes. I'm ready for a break. 
You know, I stumbled across a quote the other day from Paul Tripp, and it's, isn't it wonderful that a global pandemic doesn't have the power to diminish our hope when our hope isn't in created things, but in the one who created them? And I just feel like that's what, you know, you're kind of saying, like we have, as long as we have our hope grounded in, you know, Christ, then I mean, it is going to be hard, but it is for a purpose. He is good amidst it. Yeah. All right. Well, it was great talking to you and I hope you have a great night. You too. Bye.